With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Ignite your life with passion and purpose. Your health, your wealth, your happiness. Make it good. This is Modern Love with Dr. Brenda Way. A big thank you to Rainbow Grocery, our favorite grocery store here in the San Francisco Bay Area, for being our sponsor. Because a healthy body is a sexy body. So, modern lovers, welcome to this edition of Modern Love Radio Podcast. So happy to have you with us. And today we're going to do some soul conversations. Think about that. What is a soul S-O-U-L, conversation. Well, we're going to be working with our special guest today, Austin Wells, who works with intuition. Now, soul conversations reveals how we can tap into the soul's wisdom. Yes, we all have a soul, and yes, it has wisdom. You're going to learn a lot about how you can tap your own secret superpower. We're going to connect with what we call the universe, communicate perhaps with loved ones or your own guides in the spirit world. There's a lot of breadth and depth to this work that Austin Wells does, and I'm so happy to have her on the show today. We're going to be drawing on her extensive training experience, and you're going to learn us too about how to develop intuition, how to cultivate your soul senses, and maybe that personal spiritual journey that could help you with your everyday life and dare I say modern lovers your love life but first if you live in the San Francisco Bay Area and here in the time of COVID you could live anywhere in the world you're going to want to join me this Saturday that's going to be August the 15th we have a full day intensive live training via Zoom and we're doing sex magic, the mastery training. We have our very special guest, Janae Payload, who wrote the book, Living an Orgasmic Life, who will be joining us as our sexpert. And you're going to learn how to connect this vital, beautiful energy that we call sex magic energy and use that energy to connect with those 12 metaphysical laws, and very specifically, we're dealing with the law of attraction and the law of vibration and the law of inspired action, because when we release that beautiful energy of sexuality and it's moving through the body, you can focus energy, just like you focus the energy in a socket 
to light a lamp or any other kind of appliance. So lots to learn about this invisible world that is so powerful and connected. And Austin Wells is going to tell us a lot about that. But go to Eventbrite right now. Sign up for this Saturday training. And guess what? It's our gift to you, modern lovers. Remember, it's Saturday, August 15th, so you have to move fast. And it's free. It's our gift to you. All right, we're going to take our dear Dr. Brenda question very quickly. Keep your questions coming. This question says, a pandemic requires my husband work from home where he spends his day interacting with clients via video chat. In the last few weeks, he spent more time with one of his clients, a woman. How did we know that, everybody? He's known for over a year. She called him during the day and evening, requesting information which seems to me to go beyond business. I've mentioned my concerns about this woman, but my husband says she's just asking for help. How do I get through to him that her behavior is inappropriate? Signed, concerned wife. Oh, my dear, concerned. It's not about him understanding her behavior is inappropriate. It's about your relationship. It's about how you feel. So rather than saying, look out for her, she's a problem, I think you need to have a conversation with your husband about what kinds of boundaries help you to feel comfortable, help you to feel safe, supported, loved, and not so much putting the emphasis on her because he's not in an intimate relationship with her as far as we know, but he is in one with you. And what does intimacy mean? It means you open your heart and you let him see into you. You all know what intimacy means. Into me you see. And open up. Share that you'd feel more comfortable, you'd feel safer, you'd feel more loved, more nurtured if you could communicate more with him about your feelings without blaming, without pointing fingers, because that creates distance. All right. I think it's a good thing we have Austin Wells with us today. Let me tell you a little bit about our guest. She's the author of the best-selling book, Soul, S-O-U-L, Conversations. This book teaches you how to connect, heal, and power yourself up so you can live a soul-centered life. She's a spiritual medium, a soul gardener, who empowers individuals to create soul-centered lives. She's a certified grief counselor and combines intuition, mediumship, shamanism, energy medicine, and sacred ceremony. And you can reach her, I'll tell you right now, at Austin Wells, it's A-U-S-T-Y-N, Wells, W-E-L-S, AustinWells.com. Welcome to the show, Austin. It's a pleasure to have you. Thank you, Dr. Brenda. I'm very honored to be part of your show. Well, you and I have met, and we were just trying to figure that out before. I know that it was New Living Expo, but I have this memory of meeting you on a flight from New York is what comes up in this old memory I have of talking with you. But wherever it was, your journey and your work is fascinating to me. And I need to confess right up front, to our listeners, those who don't already know this about me, that I was a hard scientist, as well as a clinician, as well as you know, a licensed psychologist and spiritual teacher. And a lot of people go, well, how could you be a scientist and be interested or believe all this 
spiritual stuff. Well, the first law of quantum physics is everything is energy. Mm-hmm. So as we're talking today with them, guys, I want you to really listen for how much energy is interwoven in everything that we do in our lives. So Austin, how did you get interested in energy? What has your journey been? I love the way that you framed um, what Albert Einstein was so brilliant at observing that everything is energy because I complete, I have so much respect for a scientific perspective. Um, some of the things that I'm aligned with are very credible people because I think we need that conversation between science and spirituality so people understand the accessibility of the universe. So um, how I began was when I was five years old, I had an experience where I was in a fashion show and uh, in San Francisco, because I'm from the Bay Area, so yay, Bay Area. Yay, and Bay Area. Yay, I know. So, yay. <laughs> Speaking um, of which, we have to also celebrate Kamala Harris's the new <gasps> running mate for Joe Biden. <gasps> Another oh Bay Area woman. Yeah. Yes, it's I a good know, day for right? San Francisco. Woo! Okay. Um, <laughs> thank you. That's such a great ad um, and a good timestamp. Um, so when I was five years old, I was in a fashion show and I was very nervous about it. And I was woke up in the middle of the night in quite a panic. And so instead of waking up my parents, I just kind of prayed very loudly, like, please help me. And my, the walls of my room started morphing, kind of like undulating. And all of these people who were see-through, so they were invisible but visible, came into my room And this one woman came to my bedside, and she spoke with her heart, not with words. And she said, how can we help? And I relayed my kind of worry about the next day. And in that moment, my bedroom became two realities. It was the reality of this lovely, loving woman, as well as the runway of the next day. And so I, she allowed me the privilege of witnessing myself going through the fashion show the next day and watching myself in all of my bridesmaid tool, not tripping up the stairs, which is what I thought I was going to do, and successfully going down the runway. And once I had the awareness of that, she had me feel the people in the room and feel how much love there was for me. And then she had me feel into the energy of the room, and I felt so much divine support that I realized in that moment there was no way I could fail. The minute I had that realization, that picture faded and I came back to my room and she was still there. There was less people in the room. And once she knew I was okay, she faded into the walls and then I fell asleep. Wow. Now, how do you make sense of this kind of experience at age five? How do you make sense of it? I think if we are blessed to remember, there is an optimism and an innate connection with most children to that which is invisible and to just a deeper understanding of trust and belief. And I was 
um, even though our family, we were Episcopalian, but we weren't really church people as much. But my, I was so instilled the idea of a spirituality by my grandmother that I think it just, I kind of got um, encompassed with that sense that everything was okay. We read Unity, so I think that was part of my daily experience. So it helped me kind of keep it in my back pocket as something like the Unity to take daily forward. Word, the little book? Yes. Oh, oh my God, work. I just finished an article for them two days ago. <laughs> oh, there's, there is such a lovely organization. This is so interesting that you're talking about that little synchronicity there. Mm-hmm. So it's important. What you're saying is, and if you don't mind, I'm going to put it like this, that as children, we live in a world that's more a world of magic, a world of energy, a world of faith, a world of knowing that there's more than just this physical world. And then at yeah. some point, at some point, that starts to leave us. It goes, what do you think happens? And did, did it ever leave you, this sense of magic, this sense of knowing? I, I think the sense of magic, Dr. Brenda, needs to, for most people, disappear so you can have a remembrance. I think within... I think the circumstances of our life, the way I define the soul is, is that we have, it has, it's, it's a dual um, awareness. So we have our human being that I call the finite self, and then our infinite self, which is our spiritual awareness. So we have a human being and a spiritual being living in the same place, which is why when you're listening to people, they'll say, well, part of me wants to do this and part of me wants to do that. And in that duality, Mm. we will, as a child, really be more spiritually connected because that's from the place from which we've just come. But then as responsibilities and more maturing happens, I think unless our family unit is really connected on a spiritual level, we're apt to be more aware of the circumstances or the material existence and so our human being leads the show and if that's the case we'll default more to the finite self so then we have our ego now, when and you our say emotions. the human being leads the show what do you mean by that well i mean i i, I the the fi- our finite self our human being is our ego, it's our emotions, it's the part of us that feels that things happen to us. So it it's how we start understanding who we are based on how people react to us. So mm-hmm. when we when our the person that we kind of meter or measure ourselves by is that spiritual updraft. It's a very different experience because it gives us objectivity to each other. When we're solidly in the human experience and we are only making our awareness by how people react to us, we'll be insecure, guilty, we'll have all of our emotions in upheaval. So the idea So what you're saying is that our, our... our, we used to call it locus of control, you know, that, <laughs> that way that we understand life is either going to be centered, it's all happening to me, it's stuff from the outside coming in, affecting mm-hmm. me, as opposed to there's something inside me that's generating, is that what you're saying? The difference would be the finite self would believe things are happening to me. It puts you in a victim place and it can disempower Uh you. In the Mm -hmm. spiritual connection to that, things are happening for me. So there's an innate sense of community. That's a huge shift. That's a huge shift, everybody. Things are happening for For me. me. 
yeah. not choosing. So how do we get there? How, because but, most people go through life feeling like victims. You know, I, I've yeah. been doing the work I do for a long time, as have you, I imagine. And I have, of course, in my own life at times felt like a victim. I can remember, you know, having some bad relationships when I was a student and thinking, God, why me? Why do I always meet all these these people who are so hurtful and, and so, you know, whatever? And definitely I was in a, a why me victim stage. I, is that something everybody goes through, or oh, am I the only one? <laughs> if they I know don't, I'm kidding. <laughs> if they don't go through it, um, I haven't met anybody like that. I think the commonality we all have is, is that absolutely we need to be in that place of feeling that it's like life against us in a sense. Mm-hmm. And the sadness with that is that it's, it breeds loneliness and depression and so much isolation, which when it's um, balanced with the spiritual side, with our infinite self, then there's this an awareness that you are actually co-creating your life. So, so how co-cre- do we get here, Austin? What is the transition point in your deep experience and awareness? How would you, if you were talking to someone right now who is stuck mm-hmm. in that poor me I'm a victim, look what's happening to me. What would you be doing or saying with that person, given all of your tools and experience? I would be asking them what they would be learning from the circumstances that would be presenting themselves. What am I learning from what's going on? How How is the external situation and not so much like the microcosm, but the macrocosm. What, what are the events within their own life that are happening for them? How are they, in, how are they asking them to evolve? What are mm-hmm. they asking? So if, if this is a repeat relationship, put a pause button in, in, in what is happening. And you look mean at, people repeating patterns in their relationships? <laughs> Never heard of anything like that, Austin. Yes, Dr. Brenda, I'm sure you've never heard that before, have you? Definitely. No, nor have yeah. I ever experienced it. Let me be clear yes. about that, okay? Yes, and, and Dr. Brenda, neither have I never experienced that. Um, that looping, which, you know, I think all of us do so fantastically, what, it, what helped me and has what has helped my clients is having just the stepping out of the circumstances and looking at it objectively and asking yourself, if this is something that I'm repeating, what if it's teaching me something? What if it's asking me to step out of a relationship where I don't use my voice and I don't empower myself and I don't allow myself to communicate because that exists in my family? So where, where all of this kind of theology in my own mind came from was I spend so much time talking, as you do, in a completely different way with Um, people about relationships. And so I am communicating for the person in the spirit world who left unfinished business with the person, because it's quite profound how much unfinished business there is, um, who's left unfinished business with the individual that I'm sitting with. And what I started noticing was the patterns that happened within the family. So it helped me understand that our soul comes into a system of people that are trying to evolve in similar ways. 
And so I believe that idea of what runs in the family isn't so much something that's thrust upon us, but it's an opportunity for evolution. So it allows us to say, okay, so my, you know, if my parents were unhappy, give us a good example, a good example of maybe if somebody that you you, work with, I'll give you a very relevant and personal example. If you, um, instead of a professional one, because this will help with it because we want to talk personally. Um, in my parents' relationship, um, they, they were not innate communicators. And um, my, I knew that my father was unhappy in the relationship. And they were lovely people, but I just don't think that they should have stayed married. I really don't. My dad developed a cancer on his nose um, for which he had surgery. Now, fast forward... Uh, and they never resolved it. My dad had surgery on his nose, and that was kind of a big deal for him, and it, it really changed the course of the rest of his life. Fast forward to my life. I'm a very good communicator, but I started having problems in my marriage, and they started becoming ridiculously similar to what transpired with my parents, and I became a little complacent, and what do you know, something developed on my nose that became cancerous. Now, if oh, I did not, goodness. if I did not take the aware, if thank God for the awareness of saying, okay, let me put a pause button here. This is duplicitous. This is happening again. And in, and in my understanding, things happen for me. So yes, I could have absolutely gone, oh my God, I have cancer. What the heck's going on? Instead, I said, I have an opportunity to do something about this because I already know a potential destiny line that could occur if I stay complacent. So what I did was every single bone in my body said, don't do this. And what I had to do was change. And I had to very lovingly, and I have a very loving divorce in process with my husband, but I had to say to him, I can't, this isn't going to work well for us. We're not going to have the love that we have right now if we keep trying to make make pretend that this is working because it's not. We've changed and it's not bad. It's good so what if your destiny takes you one way and one my destiny takes me another way, but that doesn't mean we can't still be connected while those mutual destinies unfold. Mm. Interesting. Now, what process, what process in your life allowed you to get to a place <laughs> that you could say, this isn't working right here at the tip of my nose. I see the pattern repeating. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what kind because you work with a lot of different processes. So what are some of the ways people can get to that awareness? And thank well, you for sharing a personal story that's really it's very moving and you know, it's a little bit anxiety producing to hear you say it because maybe it means sometimes we have to let go. Dr. Brenda, I couldn't agree more. This year and I'll I'll just um piggyback on that just a little bit. The year of 2020 has long been um, purported by astrologists to be a year of profound change, a year of of a global reset. I do not know in any experience within my own lifetime and most of the people that are actually on on the planet where we've had a global homework at the same time. 
So we are all on some dynamic level within our lives. So you're referring to the global pandemic, the global racial equality and justice movement, and the fact that our entire ecosystem is shifting because we human beings aren't there tearing it apart. Is that what you're referring to? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, to be in a, to be in the same global classroom is unbelievable to me. And yet, as an optimist, I look at that and I think, oh, my gosh, I'm so hopeful. We've seen changes in the ocean. We've seen necessary change in equality. Dear Lord, that conversation needed to happen. And it's fascinating that it's also allowed everybody to go home and to sit with their choices and say, am I even happy in my life right now? Is this what I wanted to do? I have more clients right now that are in transition and I'm so excited because we don't always allow people permission to change and we don't make it exciting. It seems fearful, but I think the energy of fear is just us five minutes from now that has so much more strength and power and conviction than we have in the current moment. So energetically, when we start to feel the, that energy of forward motion, it seems stronger than we are. And it is because we will be when we step into it. Wow. So Austin, one of the things you're making me think about also is that there are so many people who are truly suffering during COVID. They were living paycheck to paycheck, we have something like 4 million people on unemployment benefits, which uh, just part of them just ran out in the last week. We have yeah. something like 4 million people in danger now of being evicted. Where are they going to go? So what would you say to someone who is really coming out of, and, and again, likely to be a person of color, likely to be someone who's been victimized and marginalized because of, you know, all the the systemic racism, what would you say to somebody who is right on that, that edge of not knowing how they're going to make it? First of all, Dr. Brenda, thank you for the honor of that question. It is so pertinent, so necessary, and so tender in its presentation. My first response would be for that individual, instead of to feel isolated, is to try to find where their community is, because that will be the first empowerment piece going forward, is to find where are the people that they can be with, where are the people that they can rely on, what are the groups that they can participate within, whether it's friends, whether it's family, whether it's who are the people that they can lean into during that time. Because with that community, I think there comes such empowerment. I would always believe in And prayer. a lot of emotional, necessary emotional support. So everybody take that in. Because one thing I'm going to just piggyback on what Austin just said is that you deserve support. I know there are oh. a lot of people experiencing feelings of failure, shame, guilt. I wish I would have, could have, should have, or mm -hmm. feelings of anger and despair. It's so much easier to hold whatever we have to hold emotionally, whatever is confronting us if we have support. So please give yourself that gift of just calling somebody and it's better if you can see them, get on some kind of video medium 
and just say, you know, having a hard time, let's just pour it in. Now, Austin, please, please finish what you're saying. I love the direction that you're going. I agree with you on the community. It's just, I think it's one thing that I hear from loved ones in the spirit world to their family is please ask for help. I know the power of prayer is phenomenal. I've been leading an online free meditation since COVID began. Every night at 6 p.m., I have a free Zoom room that anyone can come to, and we do a little bit of a conversation first, and then we do about a 20-minute meditation. And there have been people that have been in the group since the beginning who don't handle they've been self-professed and not handling things well and being in a place where they have oftentimes felt out of balance in a time like this and we've been together i think tonight's our 130th night that we've we've met and done meditations and we have prayed for people dr brenda during this time and not because of our group because that's not what the the point of this is, but the people that we've prayed for, one gentleman in particular, have had miraculous results. So it's when we well, get grandmother to... was right, wasn't she? The family uh, that prays together and people that pray together. There's a lot of power in that. So I'm I'm one hundred percent with you. Meditation, prayer, intention, setting in a group. You know, we we have a community that I started called the True Love, True Prosperity Mastermind Community because when two or more gather and it's spiritual, we're tapping the master mind, as we call it. It's got a lot of other names, but I am 100% suggesting, guys, that you join a group, create a group. Austin's got a group. I've got a group. But we need that energy and that support and that love and that kind of wind at our backs right now. We all need it. I agree. The other practical thing I'd like to offer, which can help anybody in the moment, is to access and relax your body through your fingers. So if, if you put your hand out in front of you, um, your thumb, the energy or the meridians of your body that connect with worry go into your thumb. That's why babies suck their thumb. They're not clear what's going on. They're, they're appeasing their own worry. Your index finger is fear. The middle finger we can kind of guess because we show that to each other at certain moments, and that's when we're angry. So that's our anger finger. And then our ring finger, our ring finger, since it connects with relationships, is our sadness or our grief finger. So those four fingers, worry as the thumb, index finger is fear, the middle finger is anger, and the ring finger is grief. What you do is take your right hand and gently hold the thumb or the index finger or the middle finger or the ring finger of the left hand. And you're creating an energetic loop where the energy gets filtered through your heart. And what that does after you've held it for a little while is most people within the first minute will all of a sudden take a huge breath in because your entire body is healing itself. And it's a very simple energy medicine technique that can calm people down in the moment because one of the things that is, is necessary right now is the external world, our macrocosm, is filled with so much worry and panic and fear. And we are responsible for our own energy field and our own energy system. And so 
we don't we want to try to figure out how to allow you can't you can't alter what happens outside of you but the creative power is in how you react to it so by using those your holding your fingers what it helps you do is just regulate your own self it's self love that sounds amazing. Thank you for sharing that process with us, Austin. And everybody, for more information and to access all of the tools that Austin has available, again, I encourage you to go to her website. It's austinwells.com. And check out her book. You know, we're all about reading and building a library. I have a ridiculous number of books because <laughs> at any moment, at any moment, a book will go pick me up. And then I'll open it at random, and I'll get just exactly what I need. So books are good friends. Her book is called Soul Conversations. You'll learn more about connecting, healing, powering yourself up so that you can live in this deeper, more soul-centered way that Austin is subscribing to and teaching us about. And she's got a lot in her spiritual toolbox, everyone. So, Austin Wells, what do you want to leave us with? You get the last word. (laughs) Um, I just want people to know that they are loved more than they could possibly imagine. And to have the trust to ask for help, whether that is amongst the people that they are with or from a power that is greater than their own. And by doing that, there's a sense of detachment that happens and magic comes in. But we hold on so tightly sometimes. And just that I am holding a space and a place in my heart as you are. And that nurturing themselves by listening to your show, by finding things that are uplifting is such beautiful soul food. Mm, Thank you, Austin Wells, everyone, author of Soul Conversations, working with intuition, your ability to see into it at a deeper level. So happy to have you with us. And everyone, I want to remind you that very important, if you are available, I have a special gift for you, which is a full day training from 10 to 5 this Saturday, August 15th. We are working with sex magic. Yes, I said sex magic. And it's all about mastering energy of body, emotions, mind, and spirit. And very specifically, our wonderful guest is going to be Janae Palet, the author of the book, Living an Orgasmic Life. It's a book that has not been allowed in bookstores. And she's not been allowed to talk about it on radio and TV because God forbid she's talking about sex, baby. Okay, so all of you modern lovers, I will be with you Saturday. Just go to Eventbrite, grab your seat. I repeat, it's free. And we are so encouraged that we can get together and do this deep work during this very interesting global pause. All right. Thank you to Cliff Dunning, our executive producer, all you modern lovers. Much love. See you Saturday the 15th via Zoom. Blessings, everyone.
Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.